Pichara Supply Chain. Highlighting and showcasing solutions for the most complex challenges facing the industry in 21st century by a team of subject matter experts and mentors. Broadcasting every week all year round, we will present the most up-to-date series of podcasts and webinars. Hello and welcome to another episode of Vichara Supply Chain. Uh, this is Nurhadi House. We have a very special guest today, Ishan Galapati. Uh, he is a mentor, speaker, and author in productivity improvement, which is primarily in the manufacturing sector. Ishan wrote a book called Hidden Crowd Opportunities. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Vichara Supply Chain, Ishan. Yes, thank you, Nurhadi, and uh, glad to be on the program. All right. So in today's episode, we will be talking about the supply chain productivity. But before that, can you please brief a bit by yourself and your professional background? Yeah, absolutely. So in a nutshell, uh, Nihadi, I've got uh, over 20 years um, of experience with multinational companies um, in, in manufacturing and improving productivity. Yeah. Qualification, yeah, so qualifications-wise, um, I've got uh, an engineering degree, um, an MBA, and I can impress the listeners by saying I've also got a Six Sigma black belt. Um, when I look at my 20 years of experience, there's two primary roles. Um, either I've been in manufacturing management kind of roles, or um, I've been in process improvement kind of roles. And I've kind of liked... The, the latter, which is the process improvement. Um, my last corporate employer was Kellogg. I was looking after all of Asia Pacific factories uh, to help them improve their productivity. Um, I was kind of privileged to be part of their global team uh, mm-hmm. to develop uh, their global supply chain excellence program. So I was able to lead continuous improvement globally uh, with Kellogg. But in the last five years, um, I've been running my own consulting practice. Uh, I help manufacturing businesses to improve productivity and profitability. And most of them I see, Nahadi, they're growing the top line, but the bottom line profitability is actually declining or staying flat. And most of the business leaders are actually stuck in this day-to-day chaos. And I help them with implementing processes on how to juggle both the day-to-day activities and improving year-on-year. And um, the beauty is when I go back and talk to some of these businesses 12 months later, um, they tell me that they've grown the business like you know, 15%, uh, 20% in some cases without any additional resources. And that really makes me happy because that's what productivity improvement, that's what process improvement is all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned my first book, uh, Hidden Growth Opportunities, and I'm actually writing my second book titled mm-hmm. Advance um, at the moment. Um, and I'm married. I uh, live in Sydney with my wife and two teenage boys. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Okay, talking about the uh, uh, productivity, what is the productivity in the contact of supply chain and what would be the, the best way to increase the supply chain productivity? Yeah, so it, 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 it sounds complex. Um, mm-hmm. Productivity, I mean, what do we improve? Um, 
I mean, at the end of the day, it, it's all about improving uh, processes. It's all about improving efficiency. It's all about reducing waste. Um, and, and hopefully all of that will help to improve profitability. So uh, most businesses are for profit. And even if you're not for profit, it's still all about how do you improve your efficiency. So um, what is productivity? Um, it is actually from the lens that I look at the world. Um, it is about engaging your employees to solve problems in a structured way. Right. Um, I find um, leaders um, are quick to work on capital projects. So they uh, do CapEx projects to improve productivity by buying machinery or equipment. But not a lot of focus is actually put on operational excellence. So it's the CapEx versus the OPEX. Um, and there is a lot of wasted productivity. There's a lot of waste. And there are a lot of hidden opportunities. So um, going after um, these waste actually becomes an elusive mirage if you don't have systems and processes in place to first tackle your day-to-day -day chaos. Um, and that's why I find a lot of business leaders actually getting sucked in to dealing with the day-to-day -day chaos because that side of the business um, hasn't been systemized. Um, once that is systemized, then you work on your year-on-year -year improvements. Um, mm -hmm. So in an absolute nutshell, it's about um, tackling the day-to-day and improving the year on year. So happy to give you a couple of quick examples, if that makes sense. Yeah. So from a day-to-day -day point of view, um, so one of the businesses I was working with in the last five years, they were actually growing double digits. Um, and their daily performance, however, was slipping. Uh, they didn't know what was happening on a daily basis. And from the moment all the managers and the leaders came to the business, they were really putting out spot fires. They would start a production run and, you know, they would run out of raw material or there's packaging that's short. Um, the customer would increase the production quantities and they weren't able to deal with that. And they were really pulling their hair out um, from morning till night, just putting out spot fires. So we implemented this daily and shiftly huddle meeting systems to track progress and take appropriate actions. Um, it's, it sounds like a basic thing, and it is. But I'm surprised how many businesses I see um, who still don't have these fundamental supply chain uh, world-class practices. And I think mm -hmm. that is the biggest gap um, that you know people try to do, yeah, let's spend money, let's do all this, but they don't have the practices. Uh, just by putting in that process, um, 12 months later, their number three client had become their number one client. They had actually grown by f uh, 40% their client. Um, and the company that I was working with turned out to be one of the most reliable suppliers to their number one client. So, um, and all because we managed to put in systems to handle the day-to-day um, and they can be on top of it. So that's an example of how you take control of your day-to-day -day, um, 
and and keep the chaos to a minimum. From a year on year, because what that allows you to do is then let's find the biggest problems and solve them in a structured way that's going to give you growth, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I remember going back to my Kellogg days. Um, you know, one, one of the one of the factories, I won't mention the country, but one of the factories um, actually had a big constraint in, in their supply chain. And what we did was uh, pretty much we grabbed a cross-functional team, including some of their best operators, and we ran structured problem solving in how to improve productivity um, of, of the cornflakes line. And there was this... Um, really good operator that everybody knew, you know, let's call him Sam. Um, you know, Sam was the best operator, um, but he didn't do anything more than what was being asked from him. However, through this process, we managed to engage Sam to the point that one day he actually went to the team leader mm -hmm. and started sharing um, his thoughts and ideas and he had basically told the, the team leader that no one in the business had asked for his opinion for the last 17 years. I mean, think about that. Like, you know, he didn't feel valued. He didn't feel engaged for his entire time. We didn't have um, systems on how to engage people. Like the team leader was nearly in tears when she came to see me saying, Ishan, um, Sam spoke with me. Um, you know, and, and these are little things. Um, and, and we managed to turn around that cornflakes line to be one of the best uh, production lines in Asia Pacific, um, at, even at the time I left in 2015. Now, I see that all the time. Um, you know, I've seen, um, you know, businesses reduce two warehouses um, into one because we've been able to reduce their inventory levels um, or because we managed to get the people on board and started slowly working with them. Um, managed to reduce warehouse space in another business. Um, and they managed to increase sales as well. Why? Um, because before there wasn't a structured system to solve those big problems. So, um, yeah, so productivity can be this ambiguous, let's just improve anything and everything. Um, but it's actually quite simple. You, you, you keep the day-to-day -day chaos to a minimum by systemizing some processes, and then you solve a few big problems at a time. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the simple formula. Mm -hmm. uh, I would like to get your opinion about the correlation of the technology and, and, and uh, supply chain's productivity. So, how does the technology help companies to improve their supply chain's uh, productivity? Um, can, can you please elaborate by uh, providing a view example? Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm sure um, you and uh, your listeners would be familiar with the term Industry 4, um, Industry 4.0. 4.0. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... Well, you know, congratulations. We are all making history mm -hmm. um, because we are going through, apparently, the fourth industrial revolution, right? So, um, 
you know, just to quickly go back, um, you know, the first revolution happened in the, in the late uh, 17th century when we discovered steam. Um, so we, we were able to improve productivity um, and reduce the cost. You know, the cost of, cost of cotton um, fell by, um, you know, 50-60% uh, through that, um, through that uh, era. Um, the, the second revolution happened um, in the early 19th century um, with Henry Ford, uh, kind of the mass assembly, when we basically came across electricity. So electricity gave birth to you know, mass production and production lines and factories, uh, again, improving productivity, reducing cost. The third industrial revolution, which most of us would be familiar with, um, kind of started with um, Hewlett-Packard and Intel, uh, registering in 1969. So that kind of marks the timeline uh, with the, um, the microprocessors and robotics, uh, you know, becoming available for improving industrial output and reducing cost. The fourth one, which started after the, um, the, the global financial crisis, it's basically saying, look, everything that's got an IP address, everything that can be connected how do we now leverage everything that's come before us through the power of connectivity? Right? Mm -hmm. And the promise is that it will, again, improve productivity and reduce costs. Yeah. So from that point of view, I think business leaders attend a lot of seminars, conferences, business breakfasts. You know, there's a lot of hype um, and a lot of information created about, yeah, we need to have the smart factories. We need to have, um, you know, the, the industry for technology. What's not clear, Nahadi, um, is when I talk to business leaders, they go back to their factories and they look at the promise that's being made, where, whereas, you know, this, this ubiquitous image of uh, what Industry 4 factories need to look like, and then they compare to where they are today, and the gap is so significant, they really don't know what the next steps are. Uh, do I turn left or do I turn right? Um, that seems to be the issue that most people are struggling with. I mean, you know, I'm not anti technology. I mean, I studied uh, mechatronics at uh, University of New South Wales. We were the first batch, you know, that's all about um, electronics, robotics, and automated manufacturing um, in 1998 when I uh, came out of UNSW. So um, I love uh, technology, but I think when it comes to supply chains, it needs to be introduced at the right time. It certainly cannot be a gap filler to some of the processes that you haven't taken the time to implement. You know, for example, um, you know, when I go to factories, I find, you know, production managers, business owners um, taking me to their factory saying, hey, Ishan, come, I'll show you our, you know, our latest industry for a project that we are working on. And they would show me a, a, a case packer that they have implemented. And sure enough, it's got, you know, this graphical color screen um, that's able to provide instantaneous, um, you know, data on uptime, um, throughput rates and whatnot. And, and, but they think that is industry four. Um, so, and, and when I tell them, yeah, you're becoming ready to be industry four, 
um, Industry 4 is not an out-of-the-box solution that you purchase and implement. It's a way of being. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a long road ahead. So there are two things I want to highlight. Um, one is it's not just a yes-no answer in terms of are you Industry 4 ready or are you um, you know, technologically, can you tick that box off? I think it's a way of being. Um, you've got to improve everything around it to be ready to accept technology and, and, go, and go down that path. Um, and the second thing is technology is not the solution um, looking for a problem. So don't go implementing technology um, as the solution and then look for the problem as mm -hmm. to what is it going to solve. Uh, let me give you a quick uh, case study um, that was conducted. Um, you know, before we started the recording, uh, we had a quick chat, Nahadi, about um, APEX and the Australian uh, Supply Chain Institute. So the Australian Supply Chain Institute, known as ASCII, conducted an industry survey um, in the end of 2018 um, it was done um, bringing in a number of um, actual uh, businesses and, and industries from, uh, sorry, companies from various industry sectors. It was conducted by the University of Technology in Sydney, so UTS. And what they did was they looked at 12 subcategories um, comparing 2018 versus 2018. Uh, 19. Um, and what they, sorry, I think I just got the years wrong. Uh, they compared 2017 versus 18, and the report came out early last year. Yeah. Uh, sorry, let me just think that for a minute. No, I take that back. I was correct the first time. Compared 2018 versus 19, and the report was published late last year. Mm -hmm. uh, but the important thing is this. In the 12 categories that they compared, 2018 versus 19, um, across these multiple sectors, multiple companies, what they found was the two sub-points that related to technology was off the chart. It was off the chart in terms of maturity and advancement. However, the overall maturity between 2018 and 19 has reduced by six percentage points from 52 to 46. Mm -hmm. So despite advancement in technology to off the record, off the, off the charts, yet the entire supply chain maturity has come down from 2018 to 19. So this was conducted by the University of Technology uh, in Sydney. Um, in collaboration with the um, Australian Supply Chain Institute. Um, the listeners will be able to download the report um, from the ASCII website, um, Australian Supply Chain website, and they only need to read the executive summary to get an understanding of what I've just mentioned. Yeah. So it's a, scary, it's a scary picture, basically. Mm -hmm. So I think businesses are quite fond of technology, um, they're trying to implement technology uh, as a solution, looking for a problem. Um, but as I said before, I see a lot of fundamental processes that are lacking. And I don't think technology is going to solve those problems. In fact, it's only going to show um, uh, the, um, how, how big that gap is. It's only going to widen the gap. 
All right. So I, I actually received this question from uh, many of uh, our listeners, uh, Isams, is about the COVID-19 and also what is correlation with the supply chain's productivity. So in the recent uh, date where uh, the COVID-19 has impacted to uh, supply chain globally, in terms of uh, supply chain productivity, in which area we have to focus on? Yeah, I think this has highlighted Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the importance of these fundamental processes. I mean, the only, the only thing is we need to learn how to lead and manage remotely um, because one thing that this um, has shown is that, you know, depending on which country you're in, uh, they, they obviously have various regulations in terms of Uh, social distancing and what is accepted practice and what's not. But one thing for sure, people are quite concerned about coming close contact with each other. So what this has done to supply chain is this. Before 2020, a lot of businesses have put equipment, machines, technology as the, the key fundamental uh, parts of growing a business and, and you know, things that need to, things that are critical, I guess. What's been shown um, now is that people um, have become more important or become the critical part um, uh, of, of, our, uh, of, of supply chains. Why? Uh, businesses are trying various business continuity plans. You know, how do you have um, you know, multiple teams. Um, so even if one team, uh, a, a member of a, of one team has got, uh, you know, a positive ID, um, even if we contained that team, how does the business continue with the second team and the third team? So transferring of skills, multi-skilling teams, Um, having these fundamental business processes that I spoke of to manage the day-to-day have become absolutely critical because it's shown um, that uh, they're important and people are important. Mm. Um, So I think that's what um, COVID has shown and and, and the impact. And of course, um, you know, at a micro level, um, if you're making hand sanitizer and face masks, yep, your your demand's gone up. Um, if you if you're uh, making something that's no longer required, then your demand's gone down. Uh, that's at a micro level, but irrespective of that, but from a supply chain point of view, yeah, the importance of fundamental processes and the criticality of people mm-hmm. is, what right. we, is what's being highlighted. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, before we close today's conversation, Ijan, uh, what is your key takeaway from uh, today's topic? Yeah. So how do how do I summarize in um, ten fifteen seconds? Hey, um, I've, I, I kept mentioning about the day to day and ironia. Yeah. Um, so I think those two are the two fundamental uh, areas or systems that a business needs to learn how to manage. So implement processes to reduce the day-to-day chaos and solve complex problems on a regular cadence to improve the ironia performance. What that means, I guess, is your 
learning to run the business and you're also improving the business. And if I were to summarize that even further, I would say manage today and lead tomorrow. Manage today and lead tomorrow. Um, that's, that's as fundamental yeah. as it gets. Mm-hmm. Thank you. At Bichara Supply Chain, we are committed to driving global perspective to embrace technological adaptation in improving process efficiencies. Don't forget to subscribe, like and share Bichara Supply Chain. And stay tuned for the latest updates. To learn more, visit our website www.bicharasupplychain.com. Thank you for listening to us. We look forward to seeing you at our next episode.